Welcome to the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. I'm Brooke. And I'm Nick. And we're so excited that you're here. On this podcast, we talk about all things fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle change. You know, all the healthy shit. So go ahead and grab yourself a cup of hot or iced coffee. Or a protein shake and sit back, relax, or go on a walk. And we'll talk to you soon. What well, is hello, that? Brooke. Hello again, Nick. <laughs> and hello. We are Instagram live right now. Yeah. So, so for those who are listening, sorry, I'm like cutting you off today. I don't know what's going on. We get on Instagram live and then immediately my brain shuts down. Um, but we are re- also recording this on Instagram live. So this will be this will be published like a week from now. So if you're listening yeah. on podcasts, you may have already heard this or you may not have. So just so you know, we're live. And hello, peeps. I see my coach, Amy. I see coach Kelly. I see a lot of people in here. So this makes me super excited. We got a lot of people. So um, we're here live. So like if you guys got questions, we've got some answers for you. Otherwise, we can just talk about whatever. Um, I know we had a couple things planned for our next podcast, which happens to be this one. So but I'm interested to see if people have questions. So in the meantime, I want to tell the story of why Brooke had to start the live because I think it's hilarious. I tried to start the live. And if if you follow me, you may have remembered like a couple of weeks ago, I posted this joke about sending me a PayPal for feet pictures. <laughs> and Instagram was like, nope, you can't do that. Shut it down. Remove my story. I was like, you're blocked from doing a whole bunch of things for the next 60 days. Um, so I tried to go live and it was like, you can't do that. I guess I can join Brooks live. So that's good. But it's here great. we are. It's great. And hi to my friend Sterling. I see him waving at us. So this What's is up, super, super exciting. Um, yeah, I think it's actually really hilarious that you got blocked for trying to make that cheddar. Like you're just trying to make money. <laughs> like in hindsight, like I should have put up a fake link that I, it was like an actual Venmo link. And it's like, no, you are not allowed to do that shit. You, you know, know, Instagram Instagram algorithm can't tell that it's a joke, right? Like, I, I'm I not really sending anybody it. feet pictures unless you're spent sending like good money. I'd consider, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, you know, what's funny is like I had to start putting like little dollar signs on my feet because people like when I was working out in my home gym, and I was barefoot. People were literally asking, like, hey, do you send foot pictures? I'm like, uh, not for free, bro. Right? <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. I mean, people are just, like, so weird on here. Um, yeah, I, I got, like, a one of those anonymous messages that was, like, you have nice feet or something. I'm like, well, thanks, I guess. They're kind of hairy and hoppity. But, <laughs> like, if that's what you're into, cool. Same. You do you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not same. Uh, let's see. Miss Rose is commenting. That's hilarious. I've seen people get away with much worse. Can't believe seriously for real. Like just some pictures of your hairy toes. Like come on. Like there's like low key porn on Instagram, and really I get I get flagged for posting a censored picture of my feet. Gosh, the audacity Instagram. of the gram, man! Like the audacity that it has. Um, oh, I see Allie's joined us. Hi, friends. Sterling, not for free, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We we are in an economy that, you know, eggs are expensive right now, man. Like, if I got to show my toes for some eggs, like, 
right? What yeah. about it? What uh-huh. about it? <laughs> we, you know, we need to make money. All right. <laughs> I mean, coaching is great. You know, we make decent money coaching, but with the, this economy, man, foot picks can go on. Every, every little bit counts. Um, so yeah, this is the podcast. We're talking feet picks today. <laughs> <laughs> and with fitness, with being coaches, you know, I, I know, I don't know about you, but like my feet can get pretty gnarly. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Especially like you, you get enough steps in throughout the day. You get like 8,200 steps and you take a picture of what your feet look like. (laughs) Nobody wants to see that shit. I'll tell you what. Sterling says SD equals sugar daddy. (laughs) Be about it. Hey, you know, what, what can you do? What can a what can Nick and Brooke do at this point? You know, I know, I know. I'll just add it to my resume. Feet picks. No. <laughs> <laughs> that comes as extra with coaching. You... <laughs> it's an additional package. It's an additional like six ninety nine a month. Well, now I feel like I have to be careful about like making sure I put shoes on before I film a video, which. Uh, i don't like that <laughs> i like i like my feet to be barren <laughs> yeah so it's like socks are like prisons for my feet so like i'm not about that life socks and shoes man like yeah. foot wheels and socks don't so um i think i want to i want to kind of talk about special occasions today what do you think brooke yeah because i think a lot of people with fitness and nutrition we talk about you know hey while you're in, like, you know, you can have everything in moderation, but you want to make sure that, like, special occasions you can make an exception for, you know, mm-hmm. whether it be tracking, things like that. Or um, <laughs> I just got distracted. Rose's comment sounds like you might need OnlyFans account for the feet pics. I don't know. I don't, I'm, there's a market for it. So, like, but it so, ain't happening. It ain't listen, happening. Rose. I'm not Sorry. above anything right now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Rick's open to it. I'm not. So there, there we go. <laughs> what am I signing up for? Oh, shit. <laughs> but okay. yeah, we're, we're talking like about moderation and, you know, making room for special occasions. And I think those can go in two different extremes. One extreme being like, you, you, you can never have birthday cake, right? We all love birthday cake. Um, it's, I think it's one of the most underrated foods out there. I fucking love birthday cake. Um, does that mean I'm going to have a huge slice of cake anytime everyone, anyone has a birthday with like the big ice cream and all that? No. Um, this past weekend was my sister-in-law's birthday on Saturday and we celebrated my mom's birthday on Sunday. So it's like, all right, we're having cake two days in a row. Now I got, I got goals that I care about. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll have a small, tiny piece of cake. Or, you know, there's sometimes where you could be like, you know what? I just don't want any cake and that's fine. Um, but, you know, when it's your own birthday, like eat that shit. Eat that shit. Eat the cake. And happy birthday, mom. If Nick's mom listens to this. Happy birthday, mom. <laughs> Love you. She does. Uh, she does occasionally like she might pop in here. We'll never know. If she does, you better let us know. Oh, I will. I will can, definitely let can, you know. We can sing happy birthday. I mean, I'm not a great singer, so I apologize to everybody watching, but we got to wish mom a happy birthday. Well, you know what? I am a karaoke king, so. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> but 
Yeah, I think, you know, when you when you start to notice the trend of every weekend being a special occasion, mm. that's where things start to get sticky. You know, a special occasion is an every once in a while thing. Like sometimes it's not even every month. Sometimes it's, you know, a couple months, a friend's wedding, things like that. So really learning how to differentiate what is actually a special occasion and what's not, I think is really important. Yeah, I, you kind of need to draw a boundary around certain things. Like if you're like really serious about trying to hit your goals, then you can't let every Friday, Saturday and Sunday be a special occasion because that's like 40 something percent of the week. I don't know how to do math, but it's it's a it's a good chunk out of the week. It's three out of seven days. And if you are consistent four out of seven days of the week, then you're not consistent. I'm sorry. Yeah, you have room to kind of clean up your consistency there and refocus and figure mm-hmm. out what is it that's actually getting in the way of my goal. Because mm-hmm. again, even- not every week, like having something to do, like I, I consider special occasions, things like your birthday, things like holidays, things like weddings. But if you're just going out with your girlfriends that you haven't seen in a while, like, is that really a special occasion if you do that somewhat frequently? Right. Yeah. If if you're doing it every single weekend, um, it's going to start derailing your progress quite quickly. Um, I know for me, when I was back when I was working in engineering, I was trying to lose lose a few pounds, but we had this tradition of going out to lunch every Friday and having a couple beers at lunch. And I started noticing this trend of like, all right, I'm having like 1200 calories every single lunch and then going home and then like eating more and holy shit this isn't working for me so recognizing the fact that like all right if i am really serious about doing this i need to not completely eliminate it but cut back on it do it once a month um or when i go out like have a smaller meal don't have two beers with lunch have none have some water have some diet coke like whatever And that is going to be more conducive to you actually hitting your goals than just like treating every excuse to have a special occasion as an excuse to just do whatever the fuck you want. I agree. And there's something else that can really go into this too. You know, if you notice, like I like to go and have happy hour with my coworkers every Friday, some things that you might consider are bright lines. So instead of saying, fuck it, I'm going to enjoy this special occasion, you can set bright lines around your special occasion or not special occasion, but around like this event that you're going to. Um, For example, like I know with some of my clients, you know, I personally don't drink alcohol, but I do have clients that enjoy to drink um, alcohol. And so one thing that I like to do is set bright lines. So it's not like you're just saying, fuck it, it's a special occasion. I'm going to eat and drink whatever the fuck I want. What you're going to do is you're going to say, okay, maybe I'm going to have a drink or maybe I'm going to have a beer. And then in between each drink, I'm going to have a, you know, a zero calorie drink, or I'm only going to have two to three drinks. And then I'm going to switch to, you know, like a seltzer water with lime because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, bright lines is just a fancy way of saying, like, set these little rules for yourself to hold yourself a little bit more accountable. Because in life, there are going to be many times that you're going to have 
events that you're going to go to where there's lots of food, there's lots of drink around. And setting these small rules for yourself is going to help keep you accountable, whether that's like, okay, I'm just going to fill my my plate of food once and then not go back up or a rule being like, I'm going to make sure I have at least one serving of vegetables at this event. And that's going to help fill you. There's a million different little rules that you can come up with yourself. And you know, you're going to have to kind of individualize that a little bit. Think about what's going to work for you. Uh, what, what might work for me might not work for you. Uh, what might work for someone else might not work for you. So kind of think about what it is that it's important to you. Number one, and what's going to help you to stay on track. And I think there's another element of like peer pressure around these events. Like mm -hmm. there are some people that will go to an event and feel like they have to eat a bunch of food because grandma's like, well, I made these cookies and you better have a cookie or else you are insulting my intelligence. Like, <laughs> I, I like your grandma accent, Nick. That was very... Thanks. I don't really know what <laughs> accent that was. Um, but, you know, I was kind of into it. Uh... <laughs> you sound like a leprechaun. Like, let's be <laughs> <laughs> These cookies have a pot of gold at the end. I <laughs> yeah, I do. God. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God. But, you know, the, the words no thank you go a long way. Yeah. Um, most of the time most of the time not all of the time but most of the time no thank you is just like okay moving on um at at the sister-in-law's birthday party saturday um someone there was like okay do you want cake and he was like no i think i'll pass okay next you do you want cake yes okay great and that's the end of the story like there doesn't have to be any further questions and no one's gonna stop and be like well, what the hell you're not having cake it just doesn't happen and if, even if it does, you can just simply say, yeah, I'm not having cake. I don't feel like having cake today. Yeah. And it's there's simple. nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make you a bad person for not having cake at someone's birthday party. You're still there. You're still celebrating that person. And that matters way more than whether you eat cake or not. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, and I like to look at it not necessarily as rules, like bright lines being rules, more as they are personal boundaries. Mm -hmm. Right. I like, like that. Because then you're not crossing your own boundaries. When you put it into that perspective, you're like, wait, I wouldn't, I don't want other people to cross my boundaries. So what gives me the reason to cross my own? And so when you set these boundaries with yourself around, you know, what is, first of all, it's coming up with what does a special occasion mean to you? Figuring that out first is a special occasion getting together with your family on the weekends, or is it, you know, a birthday party or a celebration or an event? Those are things that I consider special occasions, but like just meeting up with family or meeting up with friends. Sometimes it might be a special occasion. If a friend's in town and they haven't been in town for a long time, maybe that's what is considered a special occasion. But for the most part, like most people know what is considered a special occasion. I think a lot of people don't like to, um, not, not everybody, but I think a lot of people don't like to admit, like, I just kind of want a reason to say fuck it for the day and eat whatever the fuck I want yeah I think you're absolutely right and there are definitely times where it's a special occasion and fuck it eat whatever you want like you're you're going on a vacation and you really want to try this amazing restaurant in Italy yeah that's a fucking special occasion go eat to your heart's content 
and pray love baby eat pray love (laughs) (laughs) but you know also if you're spending a week in italy you're not going to want to eat like that every day because you're going to feel like absolute shit that's a lesson that i've learned firsthand um (laughs) but also who only spends a week in italy poor people well yeah (laughs) me me i would spend no more than a week in italy because i can't afford that shit so (laughs) that's fair i I shouldn't say poor people because they don't go to italy like (laughs) you you just gotta survive they go to buca de bebo (laughs) (laughs) poverty is a real problem everyone (laughs) i have to say hi to my client vanessa she's here hello hello um, but yeah, I, I think that when you really focus on what does a special occasion mean to you, what's the difference between like a special occasion and just having a special day? Like, I think those are two different things. Like occasion, I consider special events, um, special occasions, I consider get togethers. So I really think that it's important to focus on what do you consider a special occasion? Like what comes up that is not frequent and what comes up that's a frequent occasion? Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe we can like draw our own personal thoughts on this and these thoughts may be different to you, but for me, my own birthday is a very special occasion. Only comes once a year. Christmas um my own wedding was one and then like other than that it's like okay like a family member's birthday those are gonna happen like a couple times a month so I'm not gonna go and eat whatever the hell I want every time my cousin has a birthday my mom has a birthday my father-in-law has a birthday yes it's special it's a special occasion to them and it doesn't mean that I have to break my own personal boundaries just because they're having a special occasion. You go there and you celebrate them. And that is the special part is actually being around people. It's not the food that's enjoyed. That is part of it. Um, You know, there's, there's definitely some memories that will be tied to that. Like, Oh yeah. Remember that, remember that like really good lasagna that we had at, at uncle David's birthday. Yeah. It was awesome. But like, it doesn't mean that you have to eat the entire tray of lasagna either. So yeah. And I think that's a good segue into like, what's the difference between like a special occasion and nutritional compromises. Cause let's say you do go to, you know, uncle, I don't know who even to say uncle Greg, like let's say you go to your uncle's birthday party and there's cake and there's pizza. Maybe you have to make a nutritional compromise of which one of those foods you want to have because you still mm. want to make sure that you are eating that in alignment with your goals. I think that's very important. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if there's if there's salad and pizza too, it's like, okay, well, like here's one great nutritional choice and here's pizza as well, which is obviously less great of a nutritional choice, like still okay to eat. But if you put both of those on your plate, you put a little salad, a little pizza, like that is an amazing compromise right there. And then maybe passing on the cake. And then passing on the cake and saying like, all right, I've already had as much as I want to eat today. I'm I'm full. Those two words are also very powerful. Just saying I'm full. Yeah. And I think that that 
also brings up like mindfulness. Like when you're out to different like occasions or birthday parties, things like that, just being mindful of what you're eating. So noticing and recognizing your hunger and fullness cues, noticing and recognizing, you know, whether or not like, oh, I'm starting to get a little thirsty. Should I slow down on alcohol or should I have a drink of water? You know, little things like that um, can really help. So just determining like on the weekends, like, you're not going to have a special occasion every fucking weekend. Like mm-hmm. maybe near the holidays that gets a little bit more challenging, but overall we're not having special occasions every single weekend. So really determining what is that special occasion and where you can make nutritional compromises on a weekend that maybe you're just out with friends or you're being a little bit more social. Yeah. Look, if you're having a special occasion every weekend, it's not fucking special. It's a weekend. It's an occasion. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and if anybody on our live it like has any questions, feel free to ask because we are just shooting the shit right now. We literally are. Yeah, we are. We're free flowing as we always do, loosely structured. Um, but I think this is a good topic. Um, if if people have other things that they want to ask about, like it doesn't have to be relevant to this topic. Um, whatever, whatever the hell you guys want to ask, we are open to questions. Or comments. Or comments, yes. Well, I I think what that, it just kind of brought something more to my attention is after a special occasion, is it good to step on the scale and freak the fuck out? (laughs) That's a great question, Brooke, and I'm glad you asked. No, like if you know that you had a very high carb, very high sodium meal um, with probably higher calories than your body is used to eating, you don't need to step on the scale the next day, uh, especially if you are going to have an emotional reaction to the scale being up two, three, four pounds just from more water retention. It doesn't mean that you've gained two, three, four pounds of fat over the course of a day because you need to eat 3,500 calories over your maintenance to gain a pound of fat in a day, which unless you went to the McDonald's drive-thru and ordered everything on the menu, I don't think that you did. It's very, very rare for someone to eat 3,500 calories over their maintenance. That is a lot of friggin' food. You will feel super full and probably want to throw up a little bit. So if you haven't already, (laughs) if you haven't already. Um, So yeah, if, if you know that you're going to have that emotional reaction to the scale being up, don't step on it. Sometimes I'd like to just be like, all right, this will be funny. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing that it's going to be up, but knowing that that also doesn't matter because over the course of the next day, the day after, the day after that, it's going to be right back to where it was. And just seeing that like, here's your weight, spike, back down. Okay, cool, moving on. Like, it doesn't matter. Oh, I like that, Rose. Uh, Rose says, I think part of the problem is that people in a scarcity mindset, when it comes to certain foods, they eat the thing because they don't know when they will get it again. That is such, Mm, that's a great great point. That's such a great point. And like, that is exactly what happens. Um, not only with a scarcity mindset, but with like a restrictive mindset. So like, I personally don't believe in restricting foods for yourself Mm -hmm. unless, unless it's rotten you're allergic to it or intolerant or you don't like it or it's an olive or olives are gross we will will argue about this because now every time i see a fucking olive dude i'm like i almost want to eat it in spite of you 
I just I just love the controversy around my hatred of olives. They are they taste like Satan's salty balls. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Kristen goes, what, what the, the fuck, fuck Nick? Nick? <laughs> Fair. I don't know. It's the first thing that's, that came to mind. Just like salty, briny, gross. Thank you, Rose. Rose I is agree with me. Nick. Amy's with me. All right. My non-olive people are representing today. Thank you so much. Uh, anyway, what I was feel I feel betrayed. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you were talking about the scarcity mindset, and yeah. and she also said I think we need to normalize the fact that we can have a treat when we want it, and that's exactly what I was going to say too. If you want birthday cake really bad, guess what? It doesn't have to be your birthday. You can go to the store and buy birthday cake anytime that you want to. They even have and simple slices. <laughs> it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you should buy birthday cake every single time you want to, but you can have that. So if you're gonna like it's a random Thursday and you're like, holy shit, like I can't remember the last time someone had a birthday. I really want like a little slice of birthday cake. Go get one. Go get birthday cake. It's fine. Amy <laughs> says, now I can't unhear Satan's salty balls. <laughs> This is what you sign up for when you're on a live podcast with the Donuts and Dumbbells crew. <laughs> yeah, I just say some like completely unhinged shit sometimes. I love it, though, because so do I. So yeah. this is why we work so well together, Brooke. That is so true. But yes, I think that, you know, Rose makes such an excellent point when it's, you know, we need to normalize being able to eat treats when we want to. But when you are in a restrictive mindset, because I hear this a lot, I'm going to cut out sugar. I'm going to cut out mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, gluten. I'm going to cut out dairy. Unless you have like an, like an allergy or an intolerance to those things, like there's really no true reason to cut them out. Um, because that is meaning that you're restricting yourself. Now, when you restrict yourself, what tends to happen is anytime you're around those foods, you overdo it and you overconsume, and then you feel like shit and then you need to get back on track and then you start again Monday and then you try to mm -hmm. be perfect and then that vicious cycle continues. So Rose is absolutely right with that. We need to normalize it. Now, how do we normalize that? I think is the big question because some people might be wondering, how do we normalize being able to have a treat when we want to? And that comes with a lot of practice. I think it comes it with a does. lot of practice. It does. I have a client right now who was telling me about a month ago that her biggest weakness this time of year is those mini Cadbury eggs. And I hate those. Really? Those are gross. Uh, I think they're great. Um, they're everyone's better than gonna, olives, that's for every, sure. Everyone's going to agree with you. I just know They it. taste like... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Holt. Full stop. They <laughs> do not taste like anything. <laughs> They're completely flavorless. <laughs> anyway, she she really struggled with those. And we had our check-in call and she was like, yeah, I had like 30 of those things. And I'm like, Damn. why? And she's like, well, because they only come around so often. I'm like, okay, I get that. Um, So why don't we... Well, she was then she like then went on to say, like, I can't even have these in the house. Like, I feel like this is a trigger food for me. And I'm like, OK, cool. Why don't we instead of like throwing those eggs out. Have three of them every day, three of these little eggs. And she's been doing that for the last month. And she doesn't feel like she now needs to eat 20 because she's been having just a little bit every day. So that like that 
I need this and I can never have this again mindset kind of goes away. And there are points where she's like, I don't even really want these, but I'm going to have them because it's going to help me. So if you have a trigger food, sometimes the option might be like getting rid of that, but leaning into keeping that in the house and maybe just having a tiny bit of it every day and showing yourself that you have control over it because you do have control. Most definitely. That's very similar to Beth Farrakos like candy challenge. Yes. Like on how, like around Halloween is you have to have a piece of candy every day. And I actually have a client who did that. And by like, I want to say like day 10, she was like, I really don't want to have a piece of candy anymore. Like, I don't really feel that need for it. So the more that you incorporate it with moderation and like serving sizes and things like that into your diet, I think that that's where you're going to find the most progress because then it's, it's a progress, it's mindset progress versus just progress, right? And we need to pay attention to mindset wins too. If you go to an event where there's family and friends and you are able to make nutritional compromises, like people need to learn to celebrate that shit and stop using the word, but mm. like I, I, think... I went there, but yeah. I think the mindset changes have to happen before any of the physical changes happen. If you are making physical changes and you don't make the mindset changes first, you're just going to revert back to your old ways and nothing's going to stick for you. So really work on your mindset. I agree. It it really does come to mindset. I also feel like it comes to mindfulness. Like if you have a treat in the house and you want to normalize having that in your house, when you eat it, sit down at your table actually taste your food, chew slowly, do it without distractions and really like savor that moment, like creating and knowing when you're full, I think is huge. Yeah. Knowing when you're full and stopping when you feel like you're satisfied. That's a, it's a very difficult thing to do. It takes practice. Um, I am like the fastest eater in the world. And there are many times where I like have to stop and slow myself down. And sometimes I completely forget. And that's okay. If I just like keep making strides in the right direction, it gets better. That's uh, so Rose, true. Rose is saying, I have a bag of Halloween candy in the freezer. Still from Halloween. Um, it's been a while since Halloween, so it's awesome. Uh, I eat one little one when I want chocolate and I log it. I also eat a small ice cream cone daily. It has helped me a lot. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, and that's something that I've been doing and documenting as of recently as well. Is I'm, I just started a fat loss phase so I can... Uh, wait before I have to start my next prep for my next competition. Um, so I'm trying to get it out of the way now. And I like to have a little treat every day. Um, so I've been documenting uh, me eating one piece of like junk food. And the rest of my day is normal. Like I eat nutritious food. And it's that one piece of like, quote unquote, junk food is not derailing my progress because the rest of my day is great. I love this, Amy. So Amy says, Coach Amy, Coach Amy, Coach Amy, uh, stealing this from Jordan Syatt, but it has stuck with me for years. If the methods to fat loss are unsustainable, the results will be unsustainable. And that is so true. It is so true, so true because if you think about it, when you're in a fat loss phase, you should be eating the way that you normally eat. I mean, for the most part, if you're trying to make lifestyle changes, you're going to have to change some things, right? But 
when you transition into maintenance or when you transition into a surplus, your nutrition shouldn't change. You should just be manipulating how much of certain foods you're eating. So again, like if you are trying to cut out foods, if you're trying to, you know, restrict yourself, are you going, like, is that going to be your ultimate goal? Can you do that forever? If you can't sustain that in a calorie deficit, you're sure as hell not going to sustain that when you're at maintenance or in a calorie surplus. Like if you really want to make sustainable changes, it has to be for good. Yes. And that's one of the number one questions that I ask new clients is like, is the way that you're planning on eating, can you picture yourself still doing that one year from now? And, you know, people who are like, I'm going to go keto or I'm going to do intermittent fasting. If the answer to that question is no, I can't still be doing keto a year from now, then you probably shouldn't do keto because after a year, you're not going to learn any long-term habits. And then once that year is up, you're going to go right back to the way you were, probably gain a lot of weight back, and you'll be just as frustrated then as you were when you first started. And no one wants to be in that position. Now, if, if you ask yourself that question and you're like, yeah, I could still be doing keto a year from now, cool, then maybe keto will work for you. But generally speaking, it's it's not something that I recommend to like 99% of people because first of all, carbs are fucking delicious. And secondly, um, they're really going to help fuel your workouts, fuel your body, uh, especially if you're going to be exercising regularly. It's important. Yeah, I mean, and really any diet that has a name attached to it isn't always going to be a good choice, right? The Satan's salty balls diet. <laughs> I, I love how someone just joined and you're just like, <laughs> good timing. They're like, what, what are we getting into? What, what a, here? Instantly leave. Watch, you're you're going to ban me from being able to live. Okay. As, a, as long as I'm not showing feet pics on here, I think I'm okay. You know what? Do you want to try it? No, I'm just kidding. No, God, no. <laughs> Please, don't. Please don't. That would, that would be weird. Um, would be very weird. <laughs> but, Yeah. I mean, if you are focusing on like a diet that has a specific name attached or you're having to eliminate foods that creates restriction, that's something where if it's again, like Amy had said, you know, referencing Jordan Syed, if the fat loss methods are unsustainable, so are the results. Like the results, I can't talk. The result. Wow. The results will also be unsustainable. (laughs) I yeah, really that's slow myself down there. <laughs> that's the number one thing is just like do this as slowly and sustainably as you can because you want your results to last forever. If they just last for six months, who gives a shit? You didn't really accomplish anything. You were a little bit leaner for six months and then you weren't again. We all, I think we all want like lifelong goals we want we don't want to be doing this over and over like on and off on and off do it once learn some better habits feel healthier for the rest of your life yeah i think it's really important especially if you're working with a coach to pick up tools to put in your toolbox that way later on down the road you know two three five four uh, that was an interesting way to count. Two, three, five, four. That's right. <laughs> Years after you've reached your goal, I'll say that. Um, you want to be able to look back and have those tools if you realize, you know, 
I, I feel like I've gained a little bit of weight. I kind of want to go into a deficit. What did my coach teach me that I can pull back out of my toolbox? I think that that is so much more important than restricting and then overeating and then restricting and then overeating. I think that people really need to find the joy in the process and the joy in learning, you mm -hmm. know, never stop learning either. Yeah, for sure. If you're doing the, like the same diet over and over again, and you're losing the same 10 to 20 pounds and then regaining it. And you're like, well, this diet worked for me in the past. I lost 20 pounds on it, but you gained it back. So, it didn't so the work. diet didn't work for you. You need something that's going to work for you permanently. And that is sustainable fat loss or sustainable exercise, whatever it is. Yeah. I love this. Um, collecting knowledge and applying it, winging it based on emotion or discomfort never works. Mm. I, that is such a great way of putting that, of, of articulating that, because I think that that's exactly what's going to work for people is collecting knowledge and applying it and knowing what to do in those situations. Yeah. And I love that you talked about winging it based on emotion or discomfort, because people do that like you like we talked about the emotional reaction to the scale and you know you'll see oh scales up three pounds now I immediately need to cut out all food for the next four days to try and make up for this and that is very much an emotional reaction that is not a sustainable process long term to just like see that the scales up and then be like well I'm just not gonna eat for a little while that is just not gonna work for you and it's just like, it's like anything in life, right? If you have emotional reactions to everything, things aren't going to work out. You know, like your boss pisses you off and you have an emotional reaction and tell him to go fuck himself. It's not going to go well for you. Um, so applying logic wherever you can and trying to remove as much emotion as you can is going to be the way to go. Now, of course, we're emotional people. We're, we're all human. We have emotions and sometimes we have emotional reactions. But applying logic as often as you can just gets you so much further in life. Yeah. It's applying the logic. And I also feel like, you know, it takes some introspection. You need to be mm. able to, you know, be objective when it comes to your goal and say, you know what, for example, I'm going to use the scale because this is something that I see a lot. Someone steps on the scale and the scale is up. They immediately think, okay, I need to lower my calories or I need to increase my exercise or I need to do both. When in reality, you probably just had a dinner that was a little higher in sodium. Mm -hmm. Like you can step back and say, okay, what are the re like, what are the reasons of how the scale would be up right now? And then if you're like, you know, maybe I, you know, think through the process. Maybe I had a little bit more carbs than usual. Maybe I didn't drink as much water or maybe I drank more water than usual. Maybe I ate more sodium than usual. Maybe I haven't taken a shit today. Like <laughs> there are, there are multiple factors into why a scale could be up. But if you go just based on the emotional reaction, you're just going to get caught in that vicious cycle of like overeat and restrict, binge and restrict. Because I personally, and the reason why I say overeat and restrict is because I feel like, especially lately, I feel like the word binge is getting used a lot. Oh, yes, absolutely it is. Um, yeah, I've definitely had clients in the past that were like, I I totally binged on crackers today. And I'm like, well, how many did you eat? And she's like, six. 
that's not a binge. That is not a binge. Um, binge eating is when you just like keep eating and you have no control over yourself and you feel like you're you're eating food even though your brain is telling you to stop and you just keep going, keep going, keep going. That is very disordered and obviously not something that anyone wants. Um, having an extra snack, that's not binge eating. Yeah, and I just wanted to clarify that just because it's a word that I'm seeing getting thrown around a lot, which I think can be a little bit invalidating for people yes. who really truly struggle with a binge eating disorder. Absolutely. I'm really glad that you brought that up because you know, I think words matter. Words definitely matter when it comes to this stuff, um, especially when it comes to disordered eating, because it's a very serious problem. So yeah, let's let's make sure we're not throwing that word around and for everyone watching and listening as well. Yeah. And I love what Rose said. She said, I used to get so emotional over what the scale said. Once I realized fluctuations were normal, the emotion stopped. And I think that's huge. That's huge progress when you finally realize that. And knowing that, um, again, like I'm, I'm using the scale as an example because it is one of the most, um, it, it fluctuates the most in, in regards to progress. And mm -hmm. The scale is multifactorial. There are multi-factors that go into why or why not the scale might be up or down. So once you realize like this is something that I can manipulate, it's a lot easier to, to stop those emotions. It's a lot easier to take a step back and say, okay, why am I actually upset? Why does this number bother me? Because I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like the only thing that the scale shows you is your relationship with gravity at any given moment on any given day. Yeah. And if you're looking at your progress over like Monday to Tuesday, Tuesday to Wednesday and being like, okay, today I was this weight. Tuesday, I was up a pound and Wednesday. Oh, yay. I'm down two pounds. That's so exciting. And oh, no, I'm up three pounds again. Like that is just a roller coaster ride that you do not want to get on. Um, what really matters is looking at, you know, March 1st to April 1st, March 1st to May 1st, and seeing what that looks like. I'm a big fan of, I think it's um it's Iris that's using the Happy Scale app and tracking her her progress. And you can see a literal graph of like here's day one and day two, and then it you know it has this line of like it's starting to trend down. And seeing that graph doing what you want it to is what matters way more than looking at your scale weight from any given day to any other given day. Absolutely. And I, and someone here said, oh, it's, it's your wifey. That's my wife. Hey, hey, love you. <laughs> uh, yes, there is a difference between disordered eating patterns and an eating disorder. Thank you for articulating it that way, because that is so true. Disordered patterns and behaviors is is a big difference in having an actual eating disorder and that's why i bring it up is because again it can be very invalidating for someone that truly struggles with an eating disorder and i know personally like i don't prefer to work with clients that have had an eating disorder unless they have worked through that and are now working to work on their relationship with food yes because it is not our job as fitness coaches to treat an eating disorder. If you are someone who struggles with disordered eating patterns or has an active disease, active eating disorder, go seek the help of a licensed mental health professional who specializes in that because that should be your number one priority is getting out of those patterns. Um, and then maybe later you can focus on your fitness goals. But really like that is going to be crucial for your health to not have patterns that are going to 
seriously negative impact, negatively impact your health, which just disordered eating patterns seriously do that. They negatively impact your health by a lot. Absolutely. And it just goes back to what you said earlier by like, you have to have mindset shifts before you can have those like aesthetic shifts in your body. You have to get Mm. your mind right before you decide to go on a journey because it's going to make it a hell of a lot harder to accomplish your goals if you don't have, you know, the, the trust and the faith in yourself where you really believe you can do this without something getting in the way of that or hindering your thought process. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, That should always be number one priority. Like mental health and physical health go hand in hand. And if, if you're in a spot where your, your mental health is poor, which a lot of us are, that's okay. Um, Let's first of all, normalize that shit. Like we're, we can all have mental health problems. It doesn't mean we are mentally ill. Like kind of like Danielle said here, we may have mentally ill patterns versus being mentally ill. Um, and working those out with a licensed professional is going to help you in the long run for not only your mental, but your physical health too, because stress plays such an impact on your physical health and how you hold on to weight and you know, having high stress levels just makes it so that it becomes so much easier to stress eat or stuff like that. So mental health, baby. Yeah. I'm really glad that you brought that up because, you know, one thing that I've noticed a lot that's very frequent with clients is, um, a lot of times they say I stress eater, I'm an emotional eater, which a lot of people usually are, but we have to look at the reason behind why people do that. Right. Um, what I have found is that it's a lot easier to like cover your emotions with food and distract yourself with food than it is to actually deal with your shit. Why? Because Hmm. dealing with your shit is hard. It is hard. We all have anxiety, but we don't all have an anxiety disorder. That's how I usually explain that. I love that. That is so true. Like feelings of anxiety or sadness or depression, like those things can come up. We just don't want to live there. Yeah. I think that's really important. Like, we can unpack shit. We just don't have to live there. Yeah. And I think finding other ways to cope with your negative emotions besides running to the fridge um, is super helpful. Like go for a walk, listen to a mute, listen to a song that really like either pumps you up and gets you in a, in a good mood or you know what, one that makes you feel your feelings and makes you want to cry a little bit. Like that's totally cool too. Um, just saying, Taylor Swift has both of those options. So <laughs> you would find a way to like weasel Taylor Swift into here. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Nick's over here like, it's me. I'm the literally. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, sometimes you are the problem. It's you. So <laughs> a lot of the time. That is that know. internal looking in at yourself and recognizing what you're doing might not be serving you. Thanks, Taylor. Exactly. Ex- Thanks, Taylor. <laughs> are you really crediting T Swift right now? <laughs> uh, always. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did watch that the man music video, by the way, and the fact that she looked so like they did an amazing job, um, an amazing job, an amazing, an amazing job. job. I mean, I love how this podcast started out as like special occasions, then like, you know, mental health. And now we're talking about Taylor Swift. Like, 
you know, we went, we touched on a lot of topics. Uh, we and touched on some really important topics. Exactly. And, and Satan's salty balls. Satan's salty balls. Those, <laughs> those two people who just joined, uh, sorry, you're going to have to go back and listen to this episode if you want to know what Satan's salty balls are all about. Oh you don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually my friend Nate and Selena. Hi, guys. Hi, Nate and Selena. <laughs> Sorry you came in Welcome at an awkward time. To the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I know that you, you usually have a client in like 10 minutes from now. So I think now is a good time to kind of like wrap up a little bit and let everyone know that if you missed part of this podcast, um, this will be published on our Spotify, Anchor, whatever the apps are that you find podcasts. The Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. Uh, when will this be published, Brooke? Good question. Good question. Next I week, to, I think. Uh, probably next week. I need to look at my schedule and see uh, when I when I launch this one. But yeah, probably next week. Um, do you guys want to see us on Instagram Live a little bit more? Because there are some hmm. people that have hung out for the entire length of our podcast. Yeah, appreciate today. to Rose, Amy. Um, I know a few others. Peggy was stuck in around. Here Peggy was here for quite a while. Uh, Kristen was here for a while. I'm not sure if she's still here. Um, but yeah, um, Karen's been here the entire time. So thank you to Karen as well. She's fucking um, awesome. Yeah, I just think that, you know, w the overarching theme of today's podcast is like understand and really listen to yourself from a point of logic and from a point of like objection. Because when you're constantly looking at things as a special occasion, you're not making nutritional compromises, you're going to end up in that cycle of, you know, you're binging and, or I don't even want to say binging now. Now I don't Overeating and restricting. Overeating and restricting. I, you know what? Sometimes it may be though. That's the thing is sometimes it may be, and that can lead down that dark path. Yeah. And so I really just want to say thank you to everybody that joined us here on the live me uh, too. people that are listening to the podcast. If you showed up a little bit late, trust me, you're going to probably want to listen to the whole thing. So it will be launched next week. <laughs> um, I usually launch on Wednesday. So today um, I will be getting a podcast out. Um, nice. It'll probably be later after I I'm I have to get my eyelash extensions removed today. So it'll be after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah whatever whatever last week's episode was i don't remember what we talked about last week i never remember and then i see the title of the episode that you put up and i'm like oh yeah that was a good one <laughs> exactly exactly but thank you everybody for joining us today like we appreciate you so much it's so much fun to actually like interact with people while yeah. doing the podcast and hearing this was so much fun to have everyone joining, commenting, asking questions. Um, yeah, it seems like a lot of people would love for us to do this in the future. So um, Burke and I will talk about when we're going to do this next, because I think we're going to have to. Why don't we just like do it next week? We could. We could do this next week. I'll have to see when Mike is on spring spring break. Johnny Reps Fitness has joined. Hello. How What's up, are Johnny? you? What's up, Johnny? Um, but I think... I think I just got distracted. <laughs> uh, we're talking about doing this again next week. <laughs> I just have to take a peek in when Micah's spring break is because we, we might have a special guest on the podcast if that's the case. All right, let's get let's go. Let's get Micah on. I'm sure I'll have some some interesting stuff to say. 
I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you guys for joining us. You are the best. And as always, we will talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Nice nice being around with you. See you. Love you. Bye. Okay, now how do I end this thing? (laughs) (laughs) Press the X and leave. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. And for those listening on the podcast right now, Brooke is also going to hit stop recording. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you guys so much for joining us. You know we appreciate you and we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. We appreciate you taking time out of your very busy day to join us. And if you'd be so kind as to leave us a review, it helps us reach more people looking to improve their health and fitness. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.